This is a Cane Growers Podcast. In this episode, you'll hear from seven Queensland sugarcane growers. In May 2022, these Cane Growers Policy Council members are hanging up their hats. They've clocked up a combined total of around 150 years as representatives elected by their fellow growers. My name's Nerily Roki and I ask them about their biggest issues, how they handled the pressures, what rewards they found along the way and importantly, what's their vision for the future of the Australian sugar industry. My name's Philip Morado. I'm currently the chairman of Cane Growers Burdekin. I was first elected to Cane Growers 21 years ago. Um, I don't actually remember what year that was, but I guess people can work that out. A group of my friends, who are all mainly growers, were sitting around having a barbecue um, one night at my place, and we were all talking about what uh, they should do, and are they being cane growers. Um, local and, and uh, state-level cane growers. And I piped up. I, I was pretty quiet back then. I, I can speak a bit better now, but piped up and said, you know, we are them. And they said, what do you mean? I said, well, we're younger growers, which we were then. I think I was 36. We are them. If if we want to make changes, we have the ability to do that by running for cane growers. And um, the next uh, Monday... I went into the local kangaroo's office and found out how you joined. So it was a bit bit by accident. I never had a burning ambition to be a kangaroo's elected representative, but here I am today. Have I achieved what I set out to do? I think there has been some achievements. I'm not too sure what I really set out to do except to have a voice. Um, over the years, there's a lot of things that have definitely changed. Um, some for the better. Um, some some have been a little bit difficult. Some of the changes have been difficult to come to terms with. But at least as a member of Cane Growers, you have the opportunity to try and shape the changes. And I think that's important rather than just sitting back saying someone else should do it. I think it's important that if you have an interest, you should get involved and, and try and shape the way the industry looks into the future. So initially when I first um, started in Cane Growers, and it was just a local board, it was Inkerman Board at the time, we had just deregulation had just happened so it was navigating all the changes that happened with deregulation and coming to terms with that and uh, I guess I was sort of thrown in at the deep end a little bit but one thing that surprised me even is that I enjoyed the challenge and uh, then over the years there's been different things Um, obviously more up to date is reef regulations and a little bit before that was um, sugar marketing uh, for a long time, I believe that we should be involved as growers in the marketing of our sugar. I was told a lot a lot of times that that couldn't happen, it had to be through the mill. And yet here we are today, we, we have a direct relationship with our marketer, whoever we choose that to be, we have two to choose from. And um, I think that's been a really positive outcome, although it took a lot of pain to get there, but we got there in the end. I think one of the most satisfying things is actually getting to know growers from up, up, up and down the state, especially since I became involved in Cane Growers Burdekin on, on the board and then when we reorganised I became part of the Policy Council. 
but it was just meeting with growers and understanding the different issues up and down the state. And uh, the more you, the more you understand, the more you see that the issues are pretty much identical. And um, just having that weight of of growers working together to try to overcome problems, I think, it has been really good. It's something that that I've enjoyed. I've definitely enjoyed meeting people and the friendships that I've made. Um, I've gotten a fair bit of personal personal growth out of being a cane grower. It's like I said. When I first started, I was pretty quiet, didn't didn't like speaking up, and, and now the joke is that uh, they can't get the microphone off me. <laughs> What's your um, top piece of advice for your fellow growers? I think you just got to stick together. Um, and you also got to understand that you're just one voice and you've got to be willing to listen to other voices. I've seen over my years in cane growers, especially in the Burdick and a lot of breakaway groups, because they think their voice is the only one that matters. Whereas I believe if I have an opinion, I'll voice that opinion. And, and I'm all, always open to people to tell me that that opinion is not the right one. And you've got to be willing to accept that. But you also got to be willing, if you really believe in something, to, to keep trying and, and try to get it through and try to convince people to do it. You don't just um, pick up your bat and ball and run away, I don't believe. On that note, what does the future hold for Phil Morano? Remain a cane growers, in cane while I'm growing cane, but not as an elected rep. Um, I've already told the local boys at home that I'm going to sit down the back of meetings and say, back in my day. <laughs> but no, that won't be me. I'll, I'll be pretty quiet. I believe that we've got a good group of people, both locally and, and at a state level, and life will go on without me. What I would really be interested in, and uh, it's something we've been pushing at a, a state level and a local level is trying to transition into uh, renewable fuels, especially with what's happening in the world today and, and uh, fuel security. I think uh, the time has never been better. Jeff Atkinson, uh, Murraburra Cane Growers uh, Chairman for the last 12 years. Um, started on the board in 2003, so 19 years, a representative of Cane Growers Murraburra. When I, I was younger at the time and, and keen and wanting to grow more and um, you know be in negotiations with the mill, so um, I, ha- I actually had a couple tap me on the shoulder as well, so uh, I decided to give it a run. And back that, those years, there was three of us, uh, trying to get one position because one person had retired. So, yeah, we, we had a fairly good relationship with our mill and we had to work on that to make that happen. And it was all about trying to um, keep the area viable. We didn't attain every goal. I, I didn't attain every goal I set out to do, but you probably won't ever get all of them. But if you can get 50% of them, I think you've done well. We went into Ford pricing in 2016 years ago. And that was in conjunction with the mill and where we were marketing our sugar, how that come about. So that was one. Um, we also managed to get a effluent reuse scheme built and uh, we lobbied for that. So, you know, irrigation and marketing are two big things for the sugar industry. Just working with growers and talking to growers. I mean, you get as much of a kick out of it as they do asking you the questions at times and you, you find out how they're thinking and what their thoughts are and then you can go back and work on them. So I find that enjoyable. 
And then how do you cope with the not so um, enjoyable times when when there is when there is stress and and pressure and, and people are looking at you for solutions? That is difficult, and we've certainly had that in the last two years with our mill closing and everything else that's happened. And they have been difficult times. And you know, as growers, they want answers, and we don't always have the answers. But if you have a good relationship with your growers, um, I think you know that they'll they'll trust you. I'd be asking the same questions as they are. So they're not asking something they shouldn't ask. They're asking what they need to ask, and we need to do what we can to, to answer, and we can't always do that. So that, that can be hard, and uh, you, you sort of say, look, I'll let you know as soon, and it goes on. So for, for growers, that's difficult, and it's also difficult for people trying to solve the problems. Look, you, you've got to have a passion for the industry, and um, if you've got a strong passion, you'll you'll be working in the right direction. It's not all about what you do. It's about what you can do for the industry. And what does the future hold for you? Uh, probably more work at home. <laughs> no, no, no. I'm wanting to ease off a little bit. So I've got two sons and uh, they do a fair bit of it now and they've done a lot of it when I haven't been here. And and that's the other thing. It's it's all about who you've got at home when you're away at meetings. So um, that, that, that comes into it too. I'm Tony Ross. I've been an elected member of Canegrove since 1992, so this is 30 years and that's the point where I'll be retiring. Did you decide on the 30-year figure or...? No, no, I had... <laughs> when, I, when I started, I didn't say, I'll be here for 30 years. It's just the way things have evolved. You know, you get given responsibilities and obligations and, and you like to follow through with them. So the first, um, I suppose, involvement with Canegrove's my father suggested, why don't you go along to the branch meeting? So I went to the Homebush branch meeting, came home as a secretary. And as they say, you know, the rest is history because there was an election for Cane Grow shortly afterwards. Put my name forward, got elected, and I've been here ever since. It's not a matter of sort of individual accomplishment, you know, because we've got to work, work as a group. You know, one person can't do it all. But, you know, you get involved with issues probably, you know, on a local level, just about every day, and then when you come to the Policy Council or the Cangrails Council, as it then was, you, you know, look at wider issues on a statewide basis, national basis and international things too. So there's there's plenty of opportunity there if you want to, you know, specialise or broaden your interests. You know, there's plenty of, plenty of things to do. What do you think is um, are some of the more enjoyable or satisfying things about a role like this? Well, if you know, a grower comes to you with a problem and you can get a resolution to it reasonably quickly, now that's that's satisfying. Um, some of the bigger issues are, of course, you're not going to be able to satisfy that in a couple of, couple of hours or one afternoon or something like that. So that's where you can probably do more as a group to you know, promote the issue of, of, the, of the wider growers. But then as you leave, do you have some advice yourself for the representatives who remain mm. and also for growers in general? Well, I'd, I'd like to see you know, more younger growers get involved too, but um, a lot of them, you know, they've got young families and so forth, and I, I can understand that. But it's easy enough, I think, for people to criticise and say cane growers should be doing this, but actually to participate and get it done is another matter. Now, altogether, you can get some satisfaction of, Saying, well, I've done, I've done my best in the situation, and we've worked through the issues, and and that's what I come back to too narrowly. That you know we've got to all work together as elected representatives. Mm. What does the future hold for you, Tony? 
I'm not quite sure yet because I'm not going to take up bowls or you know, buy a caravan or anything, so that's, that's probably still a work in progress. Uh, my name's Alan Dingle. Um, I've represented the Bundaberg region uh, through cane growers, both locally and the state, for around 28 years. Well, initially I was appointed. I always showed some interest with regards to the representative role and a position became vacant as one of the previous directors from Bundaberg stepped aside. So I filled in for the last 12 months and then I've uh, probably been involved a little bit on and off, but generally for that whole period of time. I did have some goals. Um, did I accomplish them all? I think so. Um, yeah, sometimes it's it's a bit hard to your goals shift as, as time goes on and as you move on in life. Um, my wife and I, when we got married, we actually bought the farm rather than I leased it beforehand. We expanded the cane production area by about two and a half fold. And I always thought it was going to be beneficial that if I was going to invest so much into the industry, I should always also be involved somehow in the decision-making process of that industry, so or of the industry. So where I am is where I am now. What are some of the big issues or a big issue that you were involved with in your time? There's been plenty of them. Um, I suppose deregulation was, was one of the ones where we spent an inordinate amount of time uh, we had the the issue of the the 2010 uh, financial crisis where we had the the problem with not all the cane in Queensland not being harvested and some was you know forward sold or it was it was sold and we couldn't couldn't deliver. I suppose of late the Paradise Dam issue has has played a part in our area. Uh, also, especially in the southern region and probably Bundaberg and Isis, I suppose is the amount of land that's actually gone from the sugar industry to other agricultural sectors. And obviously that's had a role with regards to mills continuing to operate. I think you just need to be um, be fair and open-minded, uh, try and look for the positives all the time. Quite often you're not going to get the outcome that you've really set out to achieve, but hopefully we do the best in negotiation that we can to get the best outcome for our members locally and throughout the state. So what's the most enjoyable or satisfying part of the role? Um, yeah, I've got a few notes. I actually wrote a few notes down. and So I suppose it's opened many doors for, for me. Um, I've been uh, introduced to understand other areas uh, and what their issues are across the state. I've had many friendships, still got many friendships, so I think that's important. Um, I was lucky enough to have the opportunity to travel and have travelled uh, on a couple of occasions representing uh, Queensland cane growers. And it's also given me the opportunity for new roles where I'm now the the chairman of QFF, which if I hadn't have made that decision in the early 90s, I could never see myself stepping up that ladder to do that. So, And, and I've joy and enjoyed... Um, 99.9% of the time, there's always been a few things that you'd probably rather forget, but it's been great. So as you step away from cane growers, even though you're keeping your QFF role, what, what advice do you have for fellow growers? Really simply, just have a crack at it. Um, don't assume you can't do it. Uh, I was once exactly the person that you are now where I didn't have any real experience. Um, I had a a love for the industry, I suppose you could call it, and um, thought I could spend my time 
and uh, hopefully make the industry better for everyone and, and hopefully some of what I've done has achieved that. Hi, my name's Roger Piva. I've been a director on Income and Cane Grower since 2010 to 2019. I've been a director at CBL um, since 2013 to 2002 now, and I've been a uh, policy council member since 2016. What motivated me was I wanted to see how the industry works, how cane growers works, what goes on in the background, and just to really to see the, how the industry, um, the big picture of the industry and the lobbying and the policy making and want to get a better understanding, basically. As a grower rep, you're always trying to do better and better and better. So some things um, you, you can um, push through and finish and some things are an ongoing battle. So it's not always that easy. Uh, the most satisfying was, again, old, uh, QSL Direct. I think that was a great achievement. And that was born at um, cane, cane Growers in the Burdekin, I believe. QSL Direct is where the farmers are paid directly from QSL before it used to go to the miller and then to the farmer. Now it's, um, and we do set our own pricing not through the mill millers, it's uh, through QSL Direct. And also um, our CSA being involved with those negotiations with the mill taught me a lot and I believe we've got uh, quite a good CSA. Obviously it's not always a bed of roses, what do you do or how do you address some of the, the pressures or, or demands or difficulties that you might have come across in your time? Um, to address some of them demands is um, just talking with other farmers. It's, it's one thing good about cane farming is because we're not into competition with, with each other for markets or anything. Um, we always help in each other, and it's it's great to get some feedback from your fellow farmers, and plus the other directors on CBL. It's been and the other directors in the other in the other areas. It's been great to um, meet, meet meet those people and just talk talk with them and the issues and and lean on each other, so to speak. It's a satisfying thing. It's you, you know there's not too many pats on the back or anything like that, but it's. Uh, Within yourself, it can be very satisfying. And what does the future hold for, for Roger? Uh, the future for me is um, hopefully I do a bit more fishing and I'm renovating a house out in a farm. So that'll take up a bit of my time and um, yeah, just a slower pace of life, I think. Michael Pisano. I was first elected to cane growers in 1989 and have been chairman of Herbert River Cane Growers for the last six years. I had been a secretary of the local branch of cane growers in my area for about uh, three or four years when Steve Guazzo tapped me on the shoulder one election and suggested I should consider standing for um, election for position on the local mill supplies committee at the time. Uh, I had just bought the neighbour's farm and he said, you've obviously made a choice to be in the industry for some time. You should really get in and have a say on how the industry runs. The first term or two was a steep learning curve. So I felt that I was there under false pretenses. 
But the experience has been very rewarding and very educational. Uh, I've enjoyed my time there and uh, I've seen a lot of changes. So, yes, I felt I have made a difference and I'm very proud to have represented growers uh, to the best of my ability. What are some of those changes or some of the, the bigger things, I guess, that you've yeah, seen? Yeah, the, the big ones that started. When I first joined Cane Growers, we were moving from a five-day-a-week crushing scenario to seven days, which was the continuous crushing mode. That was huge negotiations with the millers at the time to to have that big change put in place. It was difficult because a lot of growers didn't want to move away from that five-day week, but it was obvious that, that that was the way the industry was going and the only way we could expand the industry was to go into a, a continuous crushing mode. And then, of course, we've had environmental changes and, and um, concerns about health and grower choice and marketing was the, the other big one. But what I have discovered over time in cane growers is that there is always a, a serious issue on the table and there, you never can say, even though you think it, you say, once we get this put to bed, everything will be right. It doesn't work that way. There is always a huge issue. That's just the nature of the industry, I suppose, and the nature of, of business. It is a lot of pressure and a lot of demands. Uh, I always use my home and family as a refuge. So when I am at home, uh, all the worries and all the stresses are outside. Put my feet up and relax and enjoy my family and my home. It is though not all hard work. What are some of the more satisfying or enjoyable parts about being involved in a representative position? The whole experience has been enjoyable. Even though there have been times of high stress, it has been enjoyable. Knowing that um, we're doing something to improve the lot of growers as ourselves. Um, highlights, though, are the opportunities that I've got from cane growers, from cane growers in education-wise. So I was able to do leadership courses, um, I suppose necessary skills that you need to represent growers and to sit on a board. I have found them um, enlightening, highly valuable for my personal life and my own business. So um, I'm truly thankful for those opportunities. So I, I have not had a time in my last 33 years where I've thought, you know, I don't want to do this. Mm. So, yeah, no, I have enjoyed the whole the whole experience. So as you, um, as you retire... What is your top piece of advice for the, the growers who are coming along behind you in leadership roles? The big thing I think when I speak to growers is that they feel that they're not good enough to do it and that that's not true, that everyone is. And don't be afraid to say, well, I don't really know enough to, to start because um, probably the biggest mistake is thinking that you know it all already and... Um, that comes as a huge shock when when you don't. So just step up and have a go and you'll find it something that you will value and look back with when you retire fondly. What's your vision for the future? For the industry or for myself? Oh, I suppose oh. for myself, I want to be a farmer that just farms. <laughs> and I've been going through a process where uh, we have secession in place and my son is, is learning the business and will take over. For the industry, I have 
very fond um, expectations that it'll be fine. The people that are in leadership roles are great. So the industry is in good hands and I will look forward to seeing it evolve in ways that I don't expect, the same as it's happened in the past. Um, the industry, in spite of our critics, moves very fast. It's not that we stay the same. So, yeah, the changes I've seen are massive. So, yeah, I have no doubt that the industry will thrive, continue. So many opportunities in the industry that will come to pass. I'm Glenn Fasano and I joined the Mossman Canegrail Board in 2007 and the last three years as Chairman and Policy Council member. Well, it took a bit of prompting from Drew Watson to get me to, to join the board and he used the argument about having not have other people make decisions for your business and, and he, that was a very sound advice, actually. It's, it's hard to say that you've achieved any one thing um, ever since I've been on the board, the Mossman Mill has been in financial trouble. Uh, we were probably saved by Mackay Sugar buying us out and then going through the process of having the growers buy the mill back. So it's been a challenge the whole time and it still is to keep the, keep the mill in, in business today. Yeah, it can be trying at times, but all I can say to growers is, you know, represent your fellow growers if you can because it's, it's, it's worth the effort and, we need to be represented when you're dealing with either government or even the mills for that matter. What would you say then is the most enjoyable or satisfying thing about a role of, and on cane growers? Probably the fellowship is, um, is probably the most enjoyable thing. But learning, as well, I spent the last three years on policy council, learning what happens in Brisbane, um, I never realised that that they did so much work for us as growers dealing with government and, and government um, organisations. Are you going to miss it? Yeah, to a point. I believe I will, yeah, but I'm tired. <laughs> That's understandable. That's understandable. But then, then what does the future hold? Well, for the industry itself, I think that there's an exciting future in the, in the sugar industry, providing that we... Um, we become less reliant on sugar crystal and start looking to, to value add our sugarcane crop. That's where I believe the future is. There is an eighth Cane Growers Policy Council member retiring in 2022, and that's Chairman Paul Skembry. We'll hear from him in the next Cane Growers podcast. If you've got questions or an idea for a topic for the future, send them in on email to info at cangrowers.com.au.